And I do want to thank all of you dads for taking the time to be here today and, and, and spend Father's Day with us. And we look forward to um, an enjoyable day. I called my dad this morning. How many of you called your fathers so far today? I called my dad this morning. Of course, he's two hours ahead of us. So I called him around 7 o'clock this morning, our time, and wished him a happy Father's Day and, and had a good time with that. All right. So let's get them out. Dads, raise your hands until, until uh, you receive one. And that'll be great. Okay, if we miss any of you, uh, please make sure you see the ushers following the service. And we'll make sure you get one. Don't forget Thomas over there. Let's get one to Thomas. We got Brian right here and Eric. Not you, Brian, another Brian. The other Brian. All right. Okay, let's all stand together, please. John chapter 1, and I'm going to read beginning at verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You might want to underline that phrase, sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, as we gather here today on this day where we honor fathers, I pray that we would look unto you, the greatest father of all, and that we would glean truths in in your characteristics as a father that we should emulate in our lives. Holy Spirit of God, I pray you would teach the word today. Convict us in our hearts. Make us the dads and the fathers we ought to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The idea for creating a day for children to honor their fathers began in Spokane, Washington. A woman by the name of Sonora Smart Dodd thought of the idea for Father's Day while listening to a Mother's Day sermon in 1909. Having been raised by her father, William Jackson Smart, uh, after her mother died, Sonora wanted her father to know how special he was to her. It was her father that made all the parental sacrifices and was, in the eyes of his daughter, a courageous, selfless, and loving man. Sonora's father was born in June, So she chose to hold the first Father's Day celebration in Spokane, Washington, on the 19th of June, 1910. In 1926, a National Father's Day committee was formed in New York City. Father's Day was recognized by a joint resolution of Congress in 1956. In 1972, President Richard Nixon established a permanent national observance of Father's Day to be held on the third Sunday of June. So Father's Day was born in memory and gratitude by a daughter who thought that her father and all good fathers should be honored with a special day 
just like we honor our mothers on Mother's Day. What is a father? This is a question that takes a lifetime to answer. Certainly, throughout history, there are many men who could be called a good father. And these men may possess attributes that we would be wise to observe and emulate. Now, the world has its own opinion as to what makes a good father. And in my searching, I found that many of the world's prerequisites for being a good father are sound. However, in all the lists I examined, few of them spoke of being a man of faith. And in none of the lists that I found uh, said anything about being born again or dedicated to serving the Lord. So what is a father? Obviously, we cannot go to the world for this answer. Therefore, we will turn to the Word of God and seek our answer to this question. Now, I certainly do hope that all of we men here today have a desire to be a good father. But we must be cautious here. The temptation is to find someone among us who appears to be doing a good job and follow in their example. But I must state that this is foolishness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Paul warns us where he writes, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. In other words, to try to answer the question, what is a father, one does not look to his peers. For my peers today, though they are wonderful people, are as flawed and as subject to error as am I. I must find a true standard of measure whereby I can gauge myself. It must be a true standard that is without error, without fault, blameless, and perfect in all ways. To answer this question, one must look to this perfect standard of measurement. And the only true standard of measurement is the Lord himself. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, we are admonished, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We must look unto Jesus. We must look unto the Lord. We must look unto the word of God, dads, today, to learn how to be a good father and to learn what a father is. Today, I desire to be the best Christian I can be. But the best Christian I can be as a man who yields himself and strives to emulate Christ. Today, I want to be the best husband I can be. And the best husband I can be is to love my wife as Christ loves the church. Today, I want to be the best father I can be. But the best father I can be 
is to be a father unto my children as my heavenly father is a father unto me. Now with the time remaining this morning, let us look at this perfect standard. Let us look at God our Father and glean our answer from his example. What is a father? Well, let me state first, a father is faithful. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9, we read, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. God is faithful. He's faithful to keep his word. In Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, we read, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Everything that God has promised to do for his children, he will perform. In Isaiah 55.11 we read, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God is a faithful father, caring for, providing for his children looking to the needs of his children, comforting his children. He is faithful to us. But what about us today? Are we faithful? Are we faithful? Are we men of our word? There was a day in this nation when a man's word was his bond. A day when his handshake was a contract. But today... You had better get it in writing, have it notarized, and have it certified by the courts. And even then, it doesn't really mean anything. The Bible states that we are stewards of the grace of God, and it is required that stewards be faithful. Hey, dads, are you faithful today? Are you faithful in your home? Are you faithful to your wife? Are you faithful to your children? Do you keep your word? Do you keep your promises? Our Heavenly Father does. And if I desire to be a good father, then I too must be faithful to my children, just as my Heavenly Father is faithful to me. Divorce, abandonment throughout our nation. How many children in America today, right now, suffer because of what the world calls deadbeat dads? There's quite a few, isn't there? Quite a few children in this world suffer because their fathers were not faithful. And if you want to be a good father, and I want to be a good father today, then we must emulate our Heavenly Father and be faithful to our children. Then secondly today, what is a father? I'll say number two, a father is available. A father is available. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 7, we read, For what nation is there so great, who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? Did you see that? God is nigh unto his children. His children. 
He's near. Do you realize that God our Father is ever watchful over us, his children? In Psalm 121, the third and fourth verses, the psalmist writes, He will never suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. God is ever so near to his children. You know, God never takes a day off. God never goes on vacation. He never takes a day off. He's always present with his children. We are confident today. We have the privilege, you and I, we have the comfort of being confident that when we call upon the Lord, he hears us. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, John writes, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He does not put us on hold. He does not tell us to go away and come back later. He is ever-present. He is ever-ready to receive his children's requests. And as fathers we too must be available to our family. Tell me, uh, men, does your wife need to call the office and make an appointment to be able to spend time with you? Do you say, well, honey, I'm going to have to pencil you in on Friday. I can give you 30 minutes between 1 and 1.30 if nothing else comes up. Are you available? Are you too busy? Or are you too important? For your children? Our Heavenly Father, listen, who is greater than our God? Yet he's never too busy for me. When I need him, he's there. And he's never too important for me. I've been given the great privilege. Hey, you parents of, are you young dads, are you too high and mighty to change a diaper? I've changed many a diapers in my day. Are you too high and mighty, Dad, to prepare a bottle? Now, I wouldn't heat the bottle, but I did get up at night and fix one. Are you too high and mighty to do laundry or to help your wife care for your children? Hey, you parents of teens today, are you avoiding your teenagers? Are you avoiding their problems and questions? Are you just hoping that it will all take care of itself? Or that it will all go away? Well, let me tell you, it doesn't. Let me just say this. If they can't come to you, they will find someone to go to. And you might not like the one that they go to. Today, fathers, be faithful to your family. Be available to your family as our Father is available to us. And then thirdly this morning, fathers, if you will be as as a good father as our Heavenly Father is to us, we must be temperate. We must be temperate. In Psalm 103 and verse 8, we read, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. The definition of temperance is patience, calmness, and And sedatedness. 
Now, I know a lot of sedated dads, but it's not because they have a sedate nature. It's because they take the pills to sedate themselves. In other words, God does not fly off the handle with us, does he? He is consistent in his dealings with his children. In Psalms 102, uh, 27 and 28, we read, But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. God is consistent. He is temperate in all things. However, so often, this is how we are when we're dealing with our family. We, we fly off the handle. We're impatient. We have a bad day at work. So we go home and take it out on our family. Finances are running poorly. So we get angry with the family for every little thing that comes up. Hey, dads, we need to learn to be temperate. We need to learn and appreciate that family that God has given us. Do you understand children are precious? Now, I realize sometimes that's hard to believe. Sometimes it's real hard to believe that children are precious. But they are. And I know that my heavenly father expects the same thing from me tomorrow that he does today. Because he never changes. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I know what pleases God today and I know how to please him because he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And if I want to be a good father, then I must be temperate. In my dealings with my family, I must love and appreciate them and therefore be patient, kind, understanding and compassionate with my family. If you want to be a good father, you're going to have to be faithful, be available, be temperate. And then next, be helpful. Be helpful. Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Oh, I'm so thankful for my heavenly father. He is so helpful to me. You know, there is nothing my God cannot do. He can, he can, he can teach me and help me in anything that I must do. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Anything God wills for me to do, I can do it because he will help me. And he is a help to me. There's one thing that I've learned in life. I've learned, I've learned more than one thing, but this one thing I've learned in life. You are either a part of the problem or you are a source of the solution. Hey, dads, are you, are you a part of, of, of your ch- children's problems? Or are you a help to them? Are you the source of their solution? When they have a problem, can they come to you and say, Dad, I need your help? Well, I sure hope my children feel that way about me. We live in a society that believes the best thing you can do for your child is to never correct them, to allow them to express themselves. Don't discipline them because that will stifle their creativity. Never say no because that will change their self-esteem. Listen, I cannot say for sure. You can ask him if you ever see him. But I really don't think my dad was worried about stifling my creativity or damaging my self-esteem. He was more concerned with teaching me how to be a man. He wanted me to know how to get up and go to work every morning. He wanted me to know how to treat people and how to be a good friend. 
He wanted me to know how to treat my family. Today, the average father sends their children to school and feels he has no further obligation to teach them anything. He sends his children to church and could care less whether they learn anything about God. He is ignorant of where his children are, who they are with, and what they are doing. Then, when everything falls apart, he wonders why. Well, maybe it's because he wasn't there to help his children in these things. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Your children need your help today, Dad. Your sons need your advice. They need to spend time with you. They need to hear your words. I'm so thankful for my earthly father. He taught me many things. And I have done the best that I can to teach my son what my father taught me. And I pray one day that he will teach his children the things that, that, that I taught him. I want to be a help to my children. And if you and I are going to be good fathers, we're going to have to be a help to our children. And then next... A good father is an encourager. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6 we read, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So many times in Scripture God has come to his children and encouraged them. In John chapter 16 and verse 23, we read, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And down throughout history, uh, men have found encouragement from God. Abraham was commanded to slay his own son, yet he found courage in God. Jacob was hated and despised by his brother, yet he was encouraged by the Lord. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers, yet the Lord encouraged Joseph. Moses bore the burden of leading the children of God, yet God encouraged Moses. Joshua was charged with the conquest of Canaan, yet through all those years, God encouraged Joshua. David was hated and hunted by King Saul, yet all through all of that, God encouraged David. Nehemiah was brokenhearted over the condition of Jerusalem, yet God encouraged Nehemiah. Daniel was taken captive as a boy and carried into Babylon for the rest of his life, yet God encouraged Daniel. Peter denied the Lord and forsook him, and yet God came to back, Jesus came back to Peter and encouraged Peter to go on. Paul bore the burdens of carrying the gospel to the Gentiles, and throughout the New Testament, we see God encouraging Paul in every step he takes. All these men received encouragement from their heavenly father. And today, you fathers in this room, we are admonished to encourage our children. You know, there's always hope. There's always hope. And, and as fathers, we need to learn to, we need to be an encouragement to our children. There have been times when my kids have done something and I... I, I just wanted to go up to them and say, well, I told you so. And I could do that. Or I could go up to them and I could say, we'll get through this. 
It'll be okay. The sun will rise tomorrow, and there will be a new day. We need to be an encouragement, fathers. We need to help them. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, Paul states, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition in the Lord. The greatest encouragement you can give your child, by the way, dads, is to give them a father that leads the way. Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, dads, if God's word is never wrong, and it is never wrong, and if God told us that we should train up, that we should lead by our example, lead our children, show them the way, If we were to do that, God's word promises they will not forsake it when they're older. And God's word never lies. If we strive to train them by praying with them and praying for them, uh, by bringing them under the ministry of the word, by instructing them in the principles of Christ, by teaching them their duty to God and man, and, and, and setting them good examples in our home of a holy life, they will continue in these things and will live for God. So if our children do not live for God, whose fault is it? Is it God's? Or is it our own? Listen, Dad, you can't pass the buck. If your children aren't living for God today, don't blame anybody else. It was your job. Are we doing our job? It is our responsibility as as their father to lead the way. What is a father? A father is faithful, available, temperate, helpful. He's an encourager. And then lastly, let me say this. A father is a refuge. He's a refuge. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. Now lastly this morning, let me remind every father here that we are to be our family's refuge. By refuge, I'm referring to that which shelters or protects from danger, distress, or calamity. A stronghold which protects by its strength. Or a sanctuary which secures safety by its sacredness. Any any place inaccessible to an enemy. Your home should be a place of safety. Your wife and children should dwell without fear and without distress. It should be a sanctified and a separated place. No enemy should be able to penetrate its defenses. We put locks on our doors. We install alarm systems and we implement neighborhood watches. We ensure our valuables And we secure our wealth. But our most valuable asset often is left completely unguarded. And that is our children. The only thing we can take with us to heaven, by the way, the only thing we can take with us to heaven is the one thing we spend the least amount of time protecting. You know, I can't take my car to heaven with me. Most of the cars I've ever owned, I wouldn't want to take to heaven with me. 
But I can't take my car to heaven with me. I can't take my home. I can't even take my clothes. But you know what I can take to heaven with me? My children. I can take them to heaven with me. My wife. I can take my family to heaven with me. Praise the Lord. We're going to be together forever. If, we, if the Lord tarries long enough, my children will bury my body. But they won't be away from their dad. We'll spend eternity together. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that great? Some of you are looking at me right now saying, I've got to spend eternity with you. Yeah, that's right. So you better, get, you better learn to like me because I'm not going away. Yeah, we can't take it with us. We can take our children, though, dads. Do you even care if your child's in heaven or not? Do you even care if your child is living for the Lord, if he's prepared to be a good Christian? You know, more, more, you know, more dads are worried today about whether or not their kids are going to have a college degree. And I'm not putting down college degrees. But more dads are more concerned with their children getting a college degree than they are putting them under the right influence. You realize what our public schools are becoming? Cesspools. Have you, have you taken the time to read the laws that are being passed in our public schools? I'm not pitching the school either, by the way. I'm just telling you as a dad, it concerns me. Because I'm, my job is to protect my children. It's my job to keep, to keep the wolf outside the, 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 the fence. It's my job to make sure my children are safe and provided for and cared for. Now, what can we do as men to fulfill this responsibility of protecting our family? We've just done a study of this on Wednesday night. Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. There is absolutely nothing I can do in my flesh that will enable me to be the refuge my family needs me to be. This can only be accomplished by the grace of God through the righteousness of Christ the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why today, dads, it is our responsibility to emulate our Heavenly Father. It is up to you and me to be the father we should be for our family. It is up to you and me to point our sons and daughters in that same direction. Father's Day is a day to honor our dads. But today, dads, I want you to ask yourself some questions. Am I the type of father my children need? Am I the dad I should be? Am I faithful? Am I faithful to God? Am I faithful to my church? Am I faithful to my family? Am I available? Am I there when they need me? Doing what they need me to be doing? Am I temperate? Am I fixed and sure in my faith in the Lord and consistent in my life? Am I helpful? 
Am I teaching and guiding and lifting and setting the example? Am I encouraging by my words, in my deeds, and by my example? Am I a refuge? For my family, am I courageous, guarding, defending, equipped for battle? What is a father? I don't really know the answer to that question. I really don't. I'm a work in progress. I'm still raising my children. My oldest is 26 and 24 and 20-something. 21 going on 22. But you know what? They're still my children. It doesn't matter if they're 40 or 50. They're still my children. I'm still raising them. And I'm still responsible for them. You know, I don't know what a father is, but I know how to find out. It's in here. Because when I look at my heavenly father, I see exactly what a father is. And dads, we're never going to succeed on this earth. We're going to fall short. But that should be our desire, to be like our heavenly father, to treat our children and our family like our heavenly father treats us. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this day. Lord, we fail so miserably. We come so short. But Holy Spirit of God, I ask today that you would strengthen me and you would teach me how to be the kind of dad I need to be. I pray you would would teach me and help me to be a help to my children and an encouragement, to be a refuge, to be available, to be faithful to be temperate, to be encouraging. And I just ask you to bless all the dads in this room and all the families. We know, Lord, that the devil attacks the family because he knows that if he can, wreck the, if he can ruin the families, he can ruin the churches. And I pray you'd strengthen our families and our homes, that you'd help us to love you as we should, as we must. And then let us go forth from this place today with a determination that we will live for you and that we will do those things that you've called us to do. We didn't preach the gospel, Lord, but if there be one here today that is not saved, I pray that your Holy Spirit would quicken their soul, and I pray you'd save them. And we'll thank you for all these things, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand?